the man, the myth, the legend, Vic Lombardi is in studio here on Locked on Nuggets. We'll talk all things ring night versus the Lakers. We'll talk about his memories from the championship run. And I want to get Vic's thoughts on where the Nuggets now kind of stand in the greater Denver sports tapestry. We'll talk about all that and more with Vic Lombardi on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Friday for Friend of the Show Friday. Glad to have you with us and have you on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or checking us out on YouTube, where you can join the show and join the, the comment section with folks like Alexander and Irwin. He says, hi, Vic. And Moe's in here. Senny's in here. Lots of folks hanging out with us on a Thursday night for the live show. If you're listening to this on Friday, Thanks for joining us on the Apple Podcast. Make sure to leave us those five-star reviews. I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Joining me on the show today, the one, the only, Vic Lombardi. You know him from Altitude Sports and Altitude Radio all over the Altitude universe. He has been covering Denver sports for a great portion of of his very credentialed and very, very accomplished life. Vic, how you doing, man? Another way of saying I'm an old. I'm one of the old. No, no, you're accomplished. See, this is the, <laughs> I, you got, it's all about the framing, buddy. You're accomplished. That's the way to go about it. I feel used, but uh, it's okay. Accomplished, whatever you want to say. It's amazing how quickly life goes by, Matt. Um, I'm not joking because it's funny you, you, you say this. Um, every time I talk nuggets, discuss the Nuggets, it still zaps me that the Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship. It really does. Because I didn't think it was going to happen in my lifetime. I honestly lived that kind of life, that cynical, just, it's never going to happen. I'm going to the grave. It's not going to happen. And when it happened, it happened so suddenly and just in such an imaginary way that I still haven't I mean, I guess until I see the banner go down against the Lakers on opening night, I'm not joking when I say it still hasn't fully hit me. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that because being in the arena for 11 years and sitting through so many January games versus the magic or whatever, like you got time to look around. And like, I would often like look up and look around and look at all of the abs titles and be like, what, like, what would a Nuggets banner look like up there? Like just trying to like visualize where it would go and like trying to get that image into my head of just like, what would this look like with an actual Nuggets banner hanging? And it turns out that that's going to be the case. We'll find out what that actually looks like here on October 24th. And some news today, they're going to do it. They're going to have ring night. We knew that they were going to have ring night. They're going to have banner night uh, on opening night. That's always been the custom. Uh, they're going to have the early game, which I think is great. Uh, and they're facing the Los Angeles Lakers. So we get the rematch of the Western Conference Finals and the Lakers, who the Nuggets not only beat for the first time in franchise history in a playoff series, but swept them for the first time they've ever swept an opponent in a playoff series. The Lakers get to watch the Nuggets banner being raised. That's, I think, got to make it a little extra sweet for Nuggets fans, wouldn't you think? 
it's just poetic is what it is, which is why I thought that the Nuggets were going to win the NBA championship the moment they left L.A. with the Western Conference title. And I think they knew that they were going to win the NBA title no matter who they faced in the NBA finals. To be totally honest with you, they were never going to say that. Nobody was going to admit that. They were going to respect the opponent. But I think they knew at that time, after just rolling through L.A., that they were the best team left. Um, you get little hints, little senses. In the plane ride back from L.A., after sweeping the Lakers, Matt, I've been on a lot of plane rides with, with the Nuggets, and I've never experienced one like that. It was one of pure joy, jubilation, and celebration. And, I, I, you know, you, there's certain indicators that you get that these guys, wow, they are really confident right now. And we got that on that plane ride back from L.A. I just knew yeah, I always kind of go back to Jokic's, like the biggest reaction kind of Jokic had during the entire run was after that Lakers yes. series. Like yes. Aaron and Jamal make the block on LeBron and the buzzer sounds and like Jokic just kind of like leans over and like the relief washes out. And it's interesting because we've talked about this a lot on the show that they felt really confident versus Phoenix. Like they liked that matchup. Like despite what happened two years prior and all the star power and Kevin Durant, they felt like mm, we can handle this one. I think for whatever reason, the Lakers conceptually, whether it was the bubble, whether it was just the aura of the Lakers, whether it was LeBron, like there was still kind of this idea of like, okay, can we really do this? Yeah. And that moment I think does stand out as, as the moment where they understood that not only could they win a title, but like, no, 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 we're in control of whether or not we win a title, I think is what they found out during that Lakers series. Yeah, and especially the way, the way they won that last game. They were yeah. down double digits at the half. What was it a 15-point deficit? 15. Yeah, and LeBron was going off. I mean, the guy had 30 at halftime, whatever it was. He ran out of gas clearly in the second half. He was expecting some help, did not get it. But the Nuggets, they dissolved that lead in a span of 10 minutes. They went into the third quarter and just cut into it right away. And when you could do it that quickly, that swiftly, that decisively, I think that sends the message they're the better team. And it was just a matter of when at that point. You're right about the way they reacted after the Lakers was, oh, my God, we're really good. The reaction after winning the NBA Finals was clearly we're the NBA champs, but it was more relief that it's over, right? They yeah. knew they were going to win it. I think we all knew they were going to win it after winning two in Miami. Yeah. But beating L.A. was a sign that they are the elite of the league. And, uh, again, um, I walk back every game, and one of these days I'm going to sit back and watch every game again along the way. Because you go 16-4 and four in the playoffs. That's not a good playoff run. That's a dominating playoff run. You are dominating your opposition. 16 wins to four losses. That's pretty damn good. So I don't want to hear any crap down the line that, oh, well, you know, the Nuggets, uh, they snuck their way to a title. They didn't sneak anything. They dominated to the NBA championship. Yeah, they really did. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers, like what LeBron in particular, I'll just be very curious to see uh, LeBron, because he's done this before where he's faced the opponent that he's lost to in the finals on the next opening night. Um, yeah. And there will be will be a history to kind of look at there. It'll be kind of interesting to see, like, especially given all of his, like, I'll just say it nonsense about like, Oh, I might retire. No, you're just upset mm -hmm. of, of how this ended. Um, it'll be interesting to see like what the, what the talking points are for the Lakers going into that game. But um, I, I guess my, my last one for you on, on ring night would be, is there anybody on the, on the nuggets, whether it's staff or 
uh, or players that you can think of that you're really excited to see them have that moment where they get the ring? I guess it's just, you know, the, the longtime members of the organization who yeah. have been there through the, uh, the down days, the Lisa Johnson, the Sparky, Lisa. you know, you know, Sparky. I mean, he's yeah. been there forever. And, and, and these are people that saw the worst season in Nuggets history. These are people that experienced that era at late 90s into the until Carmelo arrived where they did nothing. Uh, they experienced a lot of bad basketball over there. And for them to to sit at the top of the NBA right now and receive rings and watch the banner being unfurled, I'm most happy for them. I'm happy for my colleague, Bill Hensley. You know, Bill Hensley had to coach that team. He got dealt a horrible hand. That 11-win team is not all on Bill. I know a lot of people like to, uh, to cite that, but Bill got dealt a horrible hand. And, you know, for him to be a part of this and be along for the ride, I feel so happy for him and everybody else. It really is an organizational achievement. This team deserves all the praise, clearly, because they got him there. But it's an organizational ride, and um, I cannot wait for that opening night. And I'm so glad it's the Lakers, Matt. It's, I'm so glad. Everybody who thought, well – you don't want to get the Lakers mad. You know, <laughs> look at what they've done. I mean, why would you rile them up? And my reaction is, what are you talking about? It's basketball. Yeah. What, are you going to hide? You're going to go to bed and pretend you're never playing the Lakers again? You might as well play them on opening night. Who cares? What are they going to do? Play harder? Yeah. What are they going to do? Shoot better? What are they going to do? Defend Joker? Because they couldn't do that in the Western Conference Finals. So I, it, it's all talk. It's all fun. We all had a day at the parade, but that's part of celebrating. It's a new year. When they come to town for opening night, let's see what they got. We'll talk a little bit more about the Nuggets championship run and what Vic remembers from the, the season and the run. We'll ask him some of the questions we've asked one of the other great guests we've had on as well. We'll do that on the other side when we return on Locked on Nuggets. First, I need to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season's about to kick off. Watch some preseason tonight. And FanDuel's giving you a chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. By the way, the Denver Nuggets are five-point favorites on opening night versus the Los Angeles Lakers. You can bet that right now. You can use bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets with Vic Lombardi from Altitude Sports. So glad to have Vic on with me on a Thursday night. Also glad that he was willing to come on late because I need to do these shows late because I got to get the kids in bed as I try and get them uh, somehow back onto a, a in-school schedule. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck after summer trying to get the kids settled down again. It's the toughest job of any parent. It's an it's a nightmare. I'm kicking the kids off screen. Like every time I turn around, they're back on the screen. I just got to turn the internet off at the house. Uh, so Vic, I've, you know, I've asked Katie this. I've asked Vinny um, Van Bedetto. I've asked a bunch of folks this, and I am very curious about it. Was there a moment that you can remember during the season when you first thought, like, this team could really win a championship? Like they could really do it. I was walking out with Brendan Vote one night after they had, I forget who they had clocked and it was January. It's another one of those wins that they rattled off in January. And we were just like, this team is like, they are that level. Like they are that good. And I kept asking Jamal pretty constantly trying to get him to take the bait on it. Like, how good is this team? And he kept pushing it on down the line. And then, and they were really cautious about ever 
letting the talk get ahead of the job in front of them, which I think is a pretty impressive job by the players of maintaining it. When you look back at the season, it, whether it was the playoffs, regular season, when was the moment that you were you were first like, man, this team could really do it. They could win the title. They're that good. That's a great question for me because I'm the wrong guy to ask about like when it's a decisive yes. Here's the way I looked at it, uh, Matt. I don't care what you do during the regular season. Yeah, I don't. I really don't. I mean, I I was happy that the Nuggets were the number one seed in the West. I was proud that they held on to it until the very end. And, you know, they made it tough, but they coasted to the to the playoff run, and I get that. But not until they showed me in the playoffs where the game is different, where it's coached differently, it's ref differently, it's played differently. When the game is different and there's more at stake, there you have to show me. When they came back to beat Phoenix, and they did so with that bludgeoning, in game six yeah. in Phoenix, I was there. That was the point where I think I turned to Scotty Hastings and I said, team's going to win the championship. I just, you just looked at them and said, they just turned it on where they just took two of the best shooters in the game and ridiculed them on their home court and took Devin Booker completely out of his zone. There was nothing that the opposition can do. Obviously, you're concerned about the Lakers given the history. But I said, if you can do that to the Suns, I'm not that worried about the Lakers. And they proved us right. They swept the Lakers. So there was no moment in the regular season for me. I will never attest to that. I will never go back in hindsight and say, oh, I knew, because I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know until the playoffs. Yeah, I think everybody had that. I mean, that was the that was a lot of the conversation about it, right? Like, well, let's see what they do in the, in the postseason, because, yeah. you know, and, and some of that's also tied to Nuggets history, right? Like, as much as sure. I, I love covering George, that was a lot of it with George was like, Okay, well, 53 games, you need to get out of the first round. And that was always like a huge problem for that team was was trying to get, you know, past those 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 markers. Um, I do think it's interesting because you mentioned that, that game six in Phoenix and you kind of mentioned how sudden it was when it was over in the finals. And it, the same thing kind of happened with the Lakers series where it was like LeBron's driving, like, you know, and they're down 15 and a half or like LeBron's driving at the end of the game. And then like, it's over. Like they swept them. It's done. And it was kind of the same thing with the Phoenix game where, I expect them to win game five. Most teams that are in that two, two spot come home when they smash in game five and the nuggets did. And then you're ready for like, a, it's either going to be a blowout home win for the team in game six and you're going seven, or it's going to be like a really tight one. And instead yeah. the fact that you, like you mentioned, Denver went in there and just absolutely smacked them from the opening jump. Like that really did kind of say that they were on another level um, and it, I, I would love to know about the lead up of that game from the coaching staff, just to be able to go back and be like, what were the days like before game six? Cause that's really what I want to know that day and that the day in between to know, like what was their mindset after game five? Cause like I said, game five is usually an easier one, but they dominated that game in game six. Well, I can tell you traveling with the team. Uh, one thing I noticed leading up to that game, games three and four that they lost after each game, we tried to interview Contavious Caldwell Pope in the locker room. Yeah. First time he didn't want to do it. He was so mad. Second time, he did it, and he was still angry, and he said, we're going to come back and win this series. He told me straight to my face, we're going to win this series. And he said it with a defiance, Matt. He said it with an angry tone. Like, he was pissed that they dropped those two games in Phoenix. And when they came back for game six, if you recall, who led the charge in the first quarter of that game six, KCP lit oh, yeah. it up. He lit it up. 
That was his finest shooting performance of the postseason, and he did it on both ends. And I think he personally sent the message to his teammates and to the Suns, and the Nuggets followed the lead. When you look back on Game 5 of the Finals and that night, and being in the locker room, and there's some great photos of you in yeah. in the locker room after after that after that game. Um, what are some of the enduring images that you remember from that night? What are the things that you remember from that night? I'm going to be honest. Part of me is somewhat embarrassed that you never want to tread closely to a player's celebration. Yeah, that's them. We're us. Mm-hmm. We're not the team. We're not the players. We are the media. We report on them. We feature them. We're, we're not supposed to be in their territory. I'm very careful about it. But that night when we went into the locker room to do the interviews, it wasn't us just lingering. It was the players and coaches keeping us there and wanting to share in that moment with all of us, embracing all of us for joining them on the ride. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world because the last thing I want to do is hang out with a bunch of guys who are on their own and they want to party and they want to celebrate. They want to speak their own language. You know, you, you just feel out of place, but they wanted us there. They, they shared the moment with us. And I can't tell you how touching that was and how beautiful it was and how I cherished that more than anything. We were there for a good three to four hours. Yeah. Game ends and nobody would leave the locker room. And every time it looked like it was ready to, to wrap up, some other song played, some other champagne bottle was popped. Um, and who knows how much that locker room was ruined and had to be redone. But it was, gr- it was the greatest celebration. And I've been, I've been in a few locker room celebrations in town for championships. But that is the one I will remember the most because the Avs took it to the ice. The Broncos took it to the hotel when they won. The Nuggets kept it in the locker room until four in the morning. It was crazy. That's awesome. That's such a great story. Uh, you know, I th- I, it's funny because you've got the, you've got the comparison of the teams in town and I've got the perspective of these other championships in the NBA that I've covered. And it's the same deal. Like I, I do not have a memory of a happier, bigger more celebration in the locker room than that. Like being in, in championship lo- locker rooms is always, it's just amazing to be in there and to see players that are usually removed like they have to be like they, they yeah. you set yourself apart and professional in, in a lot of cases and to see them in those moments of joy is such an exceptional experience and i, I really value that from uh the warriors i've seen the spurs the heat all these different teams that I, i've seen the raptors as another one that i've seen win the championship and I, the nut the um, sheer amount of champagne like i Cannot get my brain around how much champagne was sprayed that night. It was insane. $30,000 worth. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think you, you make a great point about not wanting to, to take away from it. But I do think there was also there was also a real sentiment um, of, the, of the people that were along for the ride because this was a little, you know, people have talked, have, I've asked like what was interesting to you about this run and they've said the conversation was very different. So like this Nuggets team proving everybody wrong, I think had a, a big stake in at least those that have been around the organization a long time to understand how important this was to the city and the team. Well, I can give you um, a, a brief story on, on how important it was and how it changes the dynamic. 
you know, I've been covering the Nuggets going to All-Star Game, and I've seen you at many of these All-Star Games. And when you're representing the Nuggets and you're wearing a Nuggets hat or a Nuggets shirt, oh, look, it's the Nuggets guy, cute Nuggets team, cute. Went to the NBA Summer League, and you're wearing Nuggets gear, and it's a different approach now. Oh, yeah. Those are the chants. It's, it's, it's like wearing royalty award. Uh, you know, it's a different deal. You can sense it. You can see it. People now, there's a newfound respect for the team. They, they ask you questions about the team. And um, I can't tell you uh, in Vegas how many Nuggets fans I saw out of the woodworks this summer. Summer League's boring, dude. You win an NBA championship and every game's intense. And all of a sudden you're watching these practice games. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. But the, the amount of Nuggets fans that emerged this summer alone, I was like, wow, it blew me away. I've always thought Denver was a quiet basketball town, ready to burst. I always knew it was. I grew up in this town in the 80s when it was a big basketball town. And it's almost as if, you know, they went into hibernation and, and they've awoken. And uh, basketball is very important to this town. And we've seen it here in the last couple of years. That's awesome. We'll talk more about that on the other side. We'll talk to Vic, wrap up with him and get a little bit of perspective on what's up next this coming season, all that and more here on Locked on Nuggets. Final segment here on Locked on Nuggets with Vic Lombardi from Altitude Sports. My thanks to Vic for joining me tonight. So Vic, you kind of mentioned it before we we went to break about, I love the way you described that with kind of the dormant, right? Because what I saw this season was this great culmination of people that started being Nuggets fans when like that were just like, they got in on the ground floor of Jokic, those folks, folks that had kind of jumped on the bandwagon when they got good, um, folks that have been around since the George Carl years, and then like the lifers, the folks that have seen the whole tapestry and understand the history of it and seeing that entire community get to experience this. I loved that Malone was talking about like the forever nuggets, like that this is for everyone. This is for everybody in the organization when they made the finals, because there's just a great generational. It's like, there's just steps along the way of folks that were there. Like I was talking to fans before game five that had, had had memories of the ABA years that remembered um, Matumbo and remembered that era and remembered shocking Seattle folks that remembered the George Carl years and the Carmelo Anthony 2009 run. And then all the way through folks that I met that was like, yeah, no, I moved to Denver, like a transplant that was like, yeah, I moved to Denver the same year that, that we got Jokic. And like, that was my first year really coming to games. So seeing this entire kind of tapestry of the city kind of unlock around this really exceptional run was awesome for me to see. And I was curious about your perspective on that. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about sports, right? Especially teams locally, is that there are different touch points for different people of different age. You know, the older you are, you you always you relate to you relate to something. For me, it was always the Doug Moe '80s basketball. I grew up there. I was a ball boy for that team. For others, it'll be uh, the Cambe, and then even younger, it'll be Carmelo. When I was in NBA Summer League, a guy said he became a Nuggets fan because of Carmelo Anthony. And ironically enough, I saw Carmelo at the game that night and told him the story. And he was gushing. He was happy. He was happy for the Nuggets. So there are different eras and different touch points, and that's what we do. That's what sports is quite so special. Um, For the Nuggets, though, 
I, I never thought I would live to see the day, Matt, where the cost of going to a game in Denver was way more expensive than getting on an airplane, flying to South Beach, Miami, and buying a <laughs> ticket there, which is exactly what my wife and my daughter did. It was cheaper for them to go to a game in Miami than it was to buy tickets here at Ball Arena. Wow. What does that tell you about the demand for Nuggets games at the NBA Finals this year? It was unreal. This is going to be a football town. It's going to be, and like, that's not native to Denver. Like, that's just not. This is, we're a football country. Yeah. Like, it's, that's how it is everywhere. Um, but I do think that I used to, to battle with folks my first couple of years in town about, you know, the nature of, of Denver fans. And one thing I do think that is legitimate is, this town does have a standard of excellence. And I think the Broncos set that with the two championships, but they do have a standard of excellence and you've got to make them care in part, because to be quite honest, there's a lot to do here. Like yeah. you can go skiing, you can get outside in the summer. There's a lot to do. Um, and the Rockies have an advantage because, well, it's awesome to go to the games, even if the team is terrible. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's interesting in that the Avs did kind of hold like a different, it was like, look, I may not be a hockey fan, but they have one, you know, they've won championships. And so that they're on this other level. And I am just kind of curious from your perspective of what you think Denver winning a championship with the Nuggets winning a championship does for their standing amongst kind of the heart and soul, the heartbeat of sports fans in town. Well, I found it curious uh, going to all the Nuggets games, especially during the playoff run. You know, normally you see a lot of people in attendance who go to every game. I couldn't believe how many Broncos players showed up to Nuggets games um, and, and very many of them, very many times, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Russell Wilson was there a lot. Sean Payton was there a lot. Brandon McManus. I mean, they all came out to games, not just one or two, but that entire playoff run. So when you see that team show up, not that you have, have arrived by any means, but it shows the respect that the Nuggets have in this town, that it's, it's must-see TV. Now, we know – and you know what the obstacles are in Denver with the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche. We got to find a way to get this damn product on cable television, on, on, on Comcast, because it's a damn shame that two championship years in succession uh, were wasted away in a cable wasteland. And none of those people got to see the bulk of those seasons. And I wish I could snap my fingers and fix that. And how you fix that for another show? I don't know how. And I can't tell you how. I just know that it needs to be fixed because there are too many people missing these games. But my favorite part of this run, Matt, all those people who came up to me and said, you know, I'm not really an NBA fan. The NBA turned me off for whatever reason. But I loved watching the Nuggets. Well, of course you did because they won and they represent Denver. And they brought a lot of people back to the NBA here locally. And I'm proud to say I, that is pretty damn cool. When you can bring people back to a sport and you're, you're not even on half of the damn televisions in town, that's pretty cool. I think that there's also something to be said for the way the Nuggets play too. Like there's something yeah. about the way that Denver plays where it's so unselfish. I think it really speaks to what people, like it, a lot of, look, there's a lot of different ways in the NBA to win. There's a lot of different ways to game the game. It's I've, I've often said this, that there's basketball and there's the NBA, but the Nuggets played about as close to a, a pure brand of basketball as you can get in the NBA. And I think that was also a big part of it. Wow. Too. 
we'll, we will never see another superstar um, as egoless as Nikola Jokic. Now, let me tell you, he has an ego. Oh, ego yeah. exists. Oh, there's an ego, but it's different on the court. On the court, it's egoless. It really is. It's about sharing. It's about playing the right way. I remember a shot he made, if you recall. You remember the long three that he made over Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis couldn't believe he drained it. He was in yep. Denver. He's laughing. Well, he makes that shot, and as they're coming off the court, Joker's screaming at Bruce Brown, just in his face. And I'm like, what is going on? And Bruce confided afterwards, saying, yeah, he wanted me to come and set a pick, and it forced him to take that shot. He could care less about making the three. He wanted the right play. And the right play in his mind in that situation was a little pick and roll with Bruce Brown. That's the way he's wired. And not many people in the NBA are wired that way. No, they really are not. Uh, Says this is going to be your first time covering a Nuggets attempt at a repeat, a Nuggets defense of their title. What are you really interested to see this year? What are are the things that you think are going to be most interesting about covering this team this season? You want me to be honest? I think defending a championship is going to be a lot harder than winning a championship. Yeah. Um, Only because it's, you are being chased now. You are the hunted and teams are going to give you their best shot. And you have to have a lot of things break your way. And the Nuggets did. They remained largely healthy down the stretch. They, they got their best play when they needed to down the stretch. So I think defending the title is not going to be easy. Um, God, I wish I could lie to you and say I'm going to be just as intensely driven. And maybe I will be in three or four months. Yeah. But I'm still on vacation mode, bro. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm still on honeymoon. They won an NBA championship, and I don't even care when they play again right now. They won the damn title, and for now, that's good enough for me. That's a great attitude. It's one of the reasons that I've continued to talk about it. Like I, you know, there's been, there's always the, well, what's next? And what's, you know, what about this? And what about this? What what about next year? And like salary cap and draft. And I'm just like, got to make sure that you saturate this moment with understanding. Why wouldn't you? 47 years in the way. I mean, are you kidding me? You think we're going to speed through these three months and go to, I don't, I will count every second until the ball of, because the one thing I'm not going to ask these guys when we have media day, I'm not going to say, hey, do you remember game five? Or do you remember the championship? Or do you remember the parade? Because you know how these athletes work. They are on to the next game. They're yeah. on. As soon as it's time to play, they're on to it. They're not going to want to talk about the past. So as long as we're living here right now, I'm going to soak it up as long as we possibly can. That's Vic Lombardi of Altitude Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Vic Lombardi. My thanks to Vic. Thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. You're a legend. Matt, you're the best, man. I always appreciate reading your stuff, and uh, I love this podcast. So thank you to all the Nuggets fans out there, and we'll see you opening out against the Lakers. All right, we'll be back on Monday, Sunday night, World's Finest with Adam Mares. Make sure to check that out. Uh, then Adam will be back with you next week. I'll have another guest for Friends of the Show Friday. My thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. Make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, turn notifications on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews. Until next time, we'll see you guys again, again. We'll see you guys again on Sunday night with Locked on Nuggets.